Hello, and welcome to Movie Podcast Evangelion. I'm Dr. Movies. And I'm Rachel. And today on 90s Masterpiece Theater, (laughs) we will be examining Forrest Gump, uh, a movie that is almost 30 years old, Mm -hmm. and that my primary memory of is, uh, and yours probably, all of us, you the listener as well, is just the ubiquitous quoting of yes throughout our childhoods yeah. if you were mm-hmm. our age um it was a massive massive film of the 90s it yes. was best picture best actor best director yeah for tom hanks and robert zemeckis respectively which is just something else um not and i think tom hanks does a great job in this movie i think acting will factor very little into our discussion yes. of this film. Yeah, I think it's actually good to state up front. Like, all of the acting in this, like, I don't have anything to say about it, honestly. It's fine. They were executing the job that was asked. Yes, yeah. So none of our commentary really has anything to do with that. And the job that was asked of them to was to execute a treacly script yeah. that, that does not really call for naturalism. Like, it, it, no. it calls for melodrama, but it sort of, like, makes all the wrong choices with regards to that like yeah. um the score is insufferable it's so bombastic it's, it's so, so over the top, as many yeah. scores of this time were sure that being said that being said to me it just really sticks out and this is just like a oh my like shut up <laughs> i get yeah, it it's what was the name of the composer you said alan uh, silvestri uh, what else did hack. he do it, avengers he's done like sure. a bunch of others and, and whenever i see his name pop up i'm like yeah, I'm not gonna like the score. It's gonna it's gonna be bad. It, it's always a bad sign when you hear like a recognizable theme of something, like the Avengers theme, mm-hmm. and you're like, I recognize that you want me to recognize, but it's that this not, is a, is like a yeah. moment, yeah, musically, like that is endowed with great significance by the score in this film. But like the the NFL on Fox <laughs> <laughs> anthem is more memorable. It's way more compelling. Than, yeah. And compelling than the Avengers anthem. So we, we were not a fans of the score. No. Let's just get that right out yeah, of the way. Yeah, get that out of the way. That uh, that sucked. Even more sort of imposing on itself than any uh, John Williams and Spielberg collaboration. 100%. Which this is contemporaneous with. Yeah. But, um, and then we have our sort of wide field of 90s actors, too, which mm-hmm. will get them out of the way. We have Tom Hanks does a great job, mm-hmm. uh, if maybe a little understated yeah. for what like how melodramatic the film is. Robin Wright, mm-hmm. Gary Sinise, who, who is definitely meeting the energy of the film. <laughs> He's tearing this bitch up. Uh, Sally Field, mm-hmm. and then some other character actors. I don't know, other, other people, yeah. Eric Roth wrote the screenplay. Mm-hmm. And we also know that it was based on a book uh, because they show that in the opening credits. I did not know that before. Oh, oh, okay. So context: Doctor Movies is looking up, uh, up Eric, Eric Roth, Roth and, and he's smiling. Laughing. Yeah, it's not a good sign because he has written the screenplays for. He's writing uh, the screenplay for the upcoming Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay, a Scorsese joint with uh-huh. uh, Robert, uh, Leo DiCaprio, newly single, uh-huh. uh, as of the time of this recording. Munich by Steven Spielberg. Okay. A Star is Born. Oh, crazy that you so say that. So melodrama. Yeah, it's uh-huh. melodrama. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. So he has oh. a, a Fincher, a Scorsese, and a Spielberg on here. And a Zemeckis because, of, you know, Forrest and Gump. A, and a Zemeckis because of Forrest Gump. But what else does he have? Uh, oh, oh but boy. Dune. Oh, shit. He is a co-writer, at the very least, 
of the script of Dune. Wow. A movie that we thought was good. Was fantastic. I mean, well. That being said, he is one of three screenwriters. Okay, so. So. You know what? And yeah, I mean, we'll leave Dune out of this. We like Dune. He's also the writer for 28 films. Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, The Postman, The Horse. So he is, he is a big. He's a big time studio. 90s sentiment studio schlock screenwriter. Actually, yeah. probably what we're realizing in looking at his filmography is he's one of the great <laughs> 90s studio schlock filmmakers. Yes, like he yeah. is a, a king among kings. Yes, absolutely. Apparently, we, we, so we might have to feign... We have to do a mea culpa. We should have known who he was because he's very famous, I think, as a screenwriter. Uh, no, I don't think I should have known who he was. No, because I don't uh, like a lot of those movies uh, and haven't paid attention to them. We know who he is now. <laughs> well, he's we, on our shit list. We've got his fucking number now. Except for Dune. Except for Dune. Uh, and Ollie, the Muhammad Ali movie. All right, anyways. Before we actually get into the movie, I also want to provide some background that, you know, you were just talking about that this was a huge movie. Massive. Massive. Huge, major. It was like the second highest grossing of the year. Like, Mm -hmm. it it was a splash. However. $55 million. However, you and I had never seen this. We had never seen this. Before we watched it just now. So, we're really coming at this from a pretty nostalgic free uh, nostalgia free point of view um and you know honestly I, you know I'll, I'll admit like I wasn't feeling very positive about this going in I was feeling wary but mm-hmm. it uh under delivered even on my extremely low expectations yeah it's it's bad it's it bad. has aged very very poorly very, yeah um this doesn't fly I do not watch this film out of curiosity if you have watched it and then are wondering, did that hold up? The answer is, I'm here to say, it didn't. It didn't. Now, listen, it's fine that you want to remember it as it did. So just like leave it alone. Yeah. Uh, I am not saying this to disparage anyone who may have fond memories of the film. Maybe, mm. you know, it was like a part of your childhood, whatever. Because I have no, I bring none of that nostalgia to it. Yeah. So maybe you're hearing this and you're like, fuck you, Dr. Movies. Mm-hmm. You don't know my life. Yeah. You know, you're being a cynical asshole. Forrest Gump is good. Yeah. You just are... You're hard-hearted. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying you're. I am saying you're wrong, but I'm not saying you're bad to think it's good. I also because I think you you name a really key point here is, I, uh, I think for most people who feel nostalgic about this movie, they probably saw it when they were young. Yeah, like six years old. So you're allowed. 1994. It's fine. I liked horrible things then too. So. It is a boomer movie through and through. Oof, yeah. It is big time. It is apolitical. It yeah. is a sexual. It's not asexual. The camera is actually very horny for yeah. Robin Wright. Yeah, it's um, not good. But Forrest is asexual. Yeah. This movie takes a stand about nothing. Yeah. The, the movie is some mix of a sort of Cormac McCarthy-esque, like, life is random and mm. things, and there is just, like, death and injustice and pros- but if you work hard and, yeah but and prosperity gospel like yeah. joel austin stuff where it's just like but this one simple rube who's like <laughs> only real intelligence was like a moral intelligence yeah because of that he was just re- the, the the randomness of the universe yeah. rewarded him yeah even though many people around him were punished like it's yes um including jenny who yeah. is like sort of a sexually fallen woman despite yeah. being pure of heart Yes. And is punished, you know, by dying of AIDS at the end of the film. 
God, I just Which can't is, believe that. Just one and of the she last. she gets like domestic violence. She gets domestic violence. So we should we should go through the movie. But first, but first, but first before we go for the movie, uh-huh. I'd like to pull over and watch the Siskel and Ebert oh, four great. minute Forrest Gump. Yeah, review. let's do it. Uh, and then maybe we'll you know put a clip of that in. Yeah. There okay. And... We'll be back. Stumbling from one historical event to another, swept along by circumstances, sometimes rising to great heroic action, sometimes falling by the wayside. Forrest Gump is not only a great and magical entertainment, but the more you think about it, the more it reveals itself as actually sort of profound. Well, I had uh, the same reaction. It's very clear that that that's what the movie is about. It's trying to describe American history and our reaction to it. And there's a beautiful sequence uh, toward the end of the picture where he's running through the American landscape, and his mother talks about letting things go, having you know, and moving on from then. And I had a feeling that really what the, the, the film was about for me is that... Uh, for all of the media attention, all of our knowledge about recent events, we have still not adequately, adequately mourned the troubles that we've had as a nation. We still haven't come to terms with JFK's assassination with Vietnam. And so this movie lets us, through this sweet soul, uh, reminds us of this time. I had that. It helps us to feel a little better about ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, this movie was directed by Robert Zemeckis, yes. who made uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and the Back to the Future movies. Nobody knows more than he does about how to do these magical special effects things. And, you know, the scenes where uh, Forrest Gump is talking to Nixon and Kennedy, those are kind of amazing. But there's a scene in this movie where he's addressing a peace rally on the mall in Washington, and right. you see hundreds of thousands of people around the reflecting pool, right. and then Jenny calls out to him and starts running toward him through the right. water. Right. I don't know how that was done. I felt that it was a fabulous scene because it worked in two different ways at the same time. Number one, it worked as drama. In the number two, as a moviegoer, I was saying, how do they do that? And that's what happens with a lot of this movie. You have both of those reactions at the same time. Hanks also does find does exactly good... the right note yeah. for this character. When we come back... They gang... gushed over this film. They oh, loved yeah. it. They were enchanted. They found it enchanting. They found it. it dazzling. They were, like, so touched by mm-hmm. so many moving sequences. Yeah. Uh, uh, they talk enchanted about enchanted about the special effects. By the special effects, they're like they are. Re- they really buy into the message of the movie, yeah. or like whatever it's saying about hashtag society right. um, and, and America. They're they're loving that. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, glowing. They're buying the sort of like this is a movie about us sort of facing our dark past as Americans, but also celebrating it, you know. And <laughs> but and, also, you know, not being too mad and about not being it. not being too, not being too down on ourselves. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like it's we're and, not taking it so hard, you know. We pick ourselves back up, right? And um, which is very different from like you know how the movie would be made today. Mm-hmm. If you were to, which it couldn't be because yeah. we've decided because of, and, and we think that's a good thing. Yes. Unlike normally when we say that. No, it could not be made today, um, thank fucking God. Because, because if it were, if it were to be made today, Forrest Gump would have to die in 9-11. Yeah. Like that's the only way you could do it. Yes. Um, and that would not be permissible. Because this is, these are the fucking Clinton years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is end of history shit. This is basically just like, yeah. we're, lo- we're like, goodbye to all that. Yeah. Like. All that crazy uh, shit. Forrest Gump, the first flashback we get, because you know, he sits down by mm-hmm. the black lady on the bench and he just starts <laughs> explaining to her how immediately that he is descended from Nathan Bedford Forrest. Just, the yeah. The KKK leader. So this is that. just like, it's just like, look, you can't help who you who you were born as. Like, we were born America, into this America, you legacy. also came from this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it wants to be... Uh, 
upfront about that right away. But it doesn't like take responsibility for it because right. the movie also is like even in Nathan Bedford Forrest's case, they're like, oh, you know, like he was just doing something silly and doesn't make no sense. Like you know how people are. Like, do we? Be- because this is the central thing: is that even though Forrest Gump is born of a heritage of horrible racism and slavery. <laughs> He is a simple man, simple enough that he can't even really comprehend the concept of systematic injustice. No. All he can comprehend is the sense of like injustice that happens right in front of his face, yeah, which he must then person. immediately redress with yeah. like violence. Know, violence. <laughs> um, so this movie essentially wants to be like, politics isn't that hard. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, just be nice just to each be other. Just be Forrest Gump. Yeah. You, don't even, you can be apolitical. Yep. And if everyone was, mm-hmm. we wouldn't even have these problems. Yeah, you wouldn't have you to. Know it's like, because this movie doesn't just go in on, it's not like, oh, like, right-wing military stuff. Like, that's all about. It's also like, oh, well, you know, the Black Panthers, like, they were pretty yeah, bad he's too. Like in a, the hippies, are, they're going to take advantage of you too. Right, like, these guys are just all, you know, they're trying to change the world. But it doesn't, they doesn't just, matter what your politics are. Like, you, like, you're all misguided. Like, it should just be, like, kindness on a person-to-person level. And that's right. all you need it's to fix very, everything. It's very, like, individualistic. A hundred percent. Like we have, yeah, he's like in a Black Panther party, but there's like a white guy. That he can beat up. That he can beat up for groping Jenny and being like an abuser. Because even though he's like a lefty, he's like a poser in the Black Panther party. And they're just like completely delusional. Yeah. Uh, Just like because they're just like ranting at him about how like. Uh, Yeah. uh, Just like with like extremist slogans. He's like, I don't really understand all that. But I just (laughs) know that I want to be with Jenny. (laughs) Oh, Jenny. Uh, You know, so he's apolitical. Which is fine, but it's just the movie itself. But it's dishonest. It is. It, it is dis. Well, it's just it's avoidant. Like for instance, he, uh, he's caught in the meat grinder of the Vietnam War, right? At the same time. At the same time, he's once he returns from Vietnam, he's asked to speak mm-hmm. in front of a group of like anti-war protesters about like what Vietnam means to him. Yeah. And the government like unplugs the microphone right as he starts and he doesn't understand that the microphone is turned off and so we never hear yeah and it ends with him being like and that's what i think about that yeah he's like that's what i think about the vietnam war and it's like the movie just like completely is just like we don't want to talk about it yeah we don't want to talk we just want it we just want to show these events as a series of discrete happenings Mm -hmm. that occur outside of like any system other than just like morality or like misguided yes yeah. like you know? with nathan bedford forest but sometimes like, things are silly that don't make no sense and yeah. it's like it's really it, it takes it that far and it's like so yes and as i was watching it you know wanting to give it the benefit of the doubt as it kind of got into like the military vietnam stuff it's like okay like they're showing that this is bad like they're clearly taking advantage of someone who doesn't have a full comprehension of of what's going on mm-hmm. and it's like surely they're going to show us something that like that there's like an actual repercussion for that, but there's not. Like Forrest doesn't experience really any trauma. Like, yes, he no. sees his friend die, but it doesn't seem to really bother him that much. Eh, I mean, it, it bothers him, but like it doesn't affect his actions. It doesn't affect like his, he's like, just yeah. moving through the world the same way he always has. Yes, like, his his friend dies, his mom dies, and eventually his his mom lady wife love, dies. his mom wife dies. Yeah, um, but he has a kid. But he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Like, do we have to like just kind of 
talk through it in order. I think we should like hit all the beats. I don't think that like yeah, we don't someone have to go like in deep yeah, on this any is this is Forrest Gump. Like I feel like if you're like us and you didn't see the movie, uh, you generally yet. know that it's about like a mentally disabled man yeah. sort of sleepwalking through history. <sighs> yes. Uh huh. It. <laughs> It's just, like, it, it's weird, like, what... I mean, like, I kind of want to try to figure out the psychology of the film. Okay. Because like, like, I'm not really interested that much in the politics because I don't yeah. think the movie itself is. Uh-huh. Like, the movie just wants to use events as, like, framing devices. Yeah. Speaking of framing devices, why do we have the whole sitting on the park bench with well, the people right. and then the narration, but he's, then it just ends and it doesn't matter and it doesn't come back and it doesn't he's matter. He's telling his story to this woman on a park bench, but then she leaves and more people come and he continues to tell a story, which means that the entire movie is shot through with very low energy, heavily accented narration of Tom Hanks, yeah. just telling us everything we're seeing. Literally, and like explaining movie. like, this is what you're about to see in this scene. And then the scene happens and the scene is like 10 minutes long. And you're like, Oh my fucking God, it, are you it, kidding me? It will not trust the audience to make an inference. About no, any choice. It makes anything it at explains all. everything at every conceivable opportunity. It is. Ex- it's, it's excruciating. It's terrible. So what's his story? We open on him. He is a little boy who has intellectual disability. Mm-hmm. There's a doctor explaining to his mom about, you know, his his IQ isn't high enough to be in a quote-unquote normal school. There's mm-hmm. a whole dialogue about, well, what's really normal anyway? Uh-huh. And he also has a physical disability very briefly yeah. with his legs. He gets like Maybe he had like braces. polio or something. But yeah, like I, his don't, legs I don't know. Are if if that's what happened, I totally forgot. But, to but don't worry, that doesn't last very long because maybe a few minutes after that, we just go to the first run for us run scene and right. he really shatters them off of his legs because he's running so hard. Right. Um, so that's resolved. He meets Jenny who says run for us runs the first time run for us run will be uttered in the film. And there are like 10 more times. Many times. You've heard it because people say it. Uh, and I wish they would stop it's now. Now lame. it's going to make me mad. Uh, but we should also mention that Sally Field, his mom fucks his way into the boarding school that he gets to go to. She trades sexual favors yeah. to get him in the boarding school. And he Why overhears it. Yeah. And he hears he hears them fucking. And then the guy comes out and taunts and him like, about having wife, fucked his your mom. Your mom is hot. <laughs> your I guess mom she, really, she really loves wants you a lot. to get in that school. And it's just like, why is it this way? Why, <laughs> why? do we have to? Like, and I think it's just because like tragedy occurs all around Forrest Gump for the entire film. Even yeah. though he's like sort of placid about all of it. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, a choice that I feel is not very strong. No. Uh, because... Here's the thing. If you're making a, 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 a sweeping melodrama, you might as well have Forrest react emotionally more to a lot of these things. You might as well. I think. I, don't, I think you could still make him an innocent. You yes. know, I think if Lars von Trier made this film, <laughs> Forrest would be <laughs> like very... Because like, he's not dumb enough to not understand these things. Like The movie makes clear he understands what's happening. He doesn't have an emotional response to it. Okay, or, like, except deep s- sometimes the movie walks it back and has Forrest do something. You're just like, huh, what? Yeah. Like, like, wa- like, like sometimes he'll like... he'll One time he like walks off a boat... And just leaves it to crash because he, like, just wants to see his friends like, so much. I don't believe that for a second. But then other times he, like, is able to... He's, like, like making, like, tactical decisions Yeah, like, he's making, field. like, he's, like, make, like, yeah, like, and he's making tactical decisions on the field and also, like, distributing his wealth that he accidentally acquires to, like, yeah. a series of, of charities. And it's like, okay, um, okay, okay like, then, I right. guess. But, I mean, I think that I would like to actually pause here and use this opportunity to talk about... 
some psychology stuff with yeah. the mom and then with Jenny and Great. what is what is happening Let's there? Let's pull over and talk. Let's about pull over. That. So, like you know, as we just mentioned, like he overhears his mom, I uh, you know, doing sex it's work, doing sex work, doing yeah. sex work to get him into the school that is desired. Um, Jenny, there is a kind of like the way that the camera is looking at her makes me feel icky, even when she's like a little kid. Cause it's like, she's like three she, years old. She's supposed to be like a beautiful and she's always wearing white and she's like presented in this very pure way, even when she her actions don't entirely match up to that. Like that's how right. you know, like she on is the a, inside. She is virginal. Yeah. And so, you know, and she actually ends up, uh, dying in the same bed that his mother died in. And he's like also at her side caring for her. She is mommy to him. She yeah. is like a mommy. And thing. she's like, I love you, but I don't. But they, and then they do end up having sex. It's once, unclear and how much Forrest wants sex. It's also unclear if he can consent it's to sex. It's not really, yeah. Because he doesn't really express an interest. We know he wants Jenny. I know that he is in love with Jenny. And he's in it's love not with necessarily, Jenny. and that he will have sex with her if she like climbs on top of him. Yeah, and he does say like, "I know what love is," I but we don't know whether that whether he what he really what, means, he, yeah. when, whether he thinks that there's a sexual component to love. He's yeah, just that, devoted to Jenny. Yeah, that part isn't clear. I mean, he asks even her at like his like first like, sexual experience, she like takes her top off and mm-hmm. like puts his hand on her breast, and he comes instantly. He's instantly, like, but like she also just like grabs him and and just like. I don't know about that. <laughs> it's very weird. Uh, also, she becomes pregnant by him, but but doesn't tell him for years. <laughs> literal years. Years where he's running back and forth across the country in Nikes. And because has, and has she invented like, left jogging. the morning after they had sex in a mm-hmm. can, like never looked back. Yeah, he's he just can't, he, he's like, he goes to the gym to forget about her. Like yeah, he mm-hmm. just runs back and forth across the country until yeah. he's done. So, he doesn't even know why he's doing it. People are like, I, he, they asked me why I did it. I told him I just felt like I just I had felt to like run. running, but I like the the sex stuff in this movie is weird. Like, there's too much of it, in my opinion. Yeah. Like there doesn't we don't need we don't need so much of that stuff. Well, like, we that's don't fine. need so much of it if if he doesn't have a point of view on it. Yeah, like, which it he really seems doesn't. Like he's just like sex just sort of happens to him, and he's like everything just sort of happens to yes. Forrest. Like, and I, I get that that's like kind of like, that's part of part the movie's of message is right. like, you know, think he even has like a line where he's like, I don't know, like, do we have a destiny or are things just, are we just kind of blowing through the wind random light? And there's like the whole feather motif. It's like, I get what you're right. doing, but that doesn't make me interested in what's going on here because there are just things that are happening to him more or less at random. Right. And you, the viewer, after a certain point, you're like, well, okay. then why do I care? Why do I care? And also, like, this is, like, sounds dumb, but, like, this is, like, the definition of plot armor. Like, there's nothing, nothing bad ever mm. happens to him. Like, yeah. a couple, some people that he knows It's a clockwork dies, universe. But, yeah, and it's, uh, I just, I found myself bored for a big chunk of this movie. Just bored. It, it's just, what do we use that clockwork universe type of stuff for we do it for like Cormac McCarthy Conan Brothers movies where it's like you can't escape fate essentially yes. or like you can't escape death more specifically but that has like active engagement on the part of the characters exactly. where they like kind of fight against it, it. thank you mm-hmm. because if it's whether it's Greek tragedy or Elizabethan tragedy or tragedy period I guess it's kind of redundant to say uh or melodrama or whatever any of it the the tension. What is the tension? Is, <laughs> yeah, is the character fighting against their doom, even though they are. Whereas Forrest doesn't fight against anything, 
and he's not doomed. No. Everyone else is doomed around him. And, so what am I supposed to identify him? He's he's affected by he's it. like he's like a re- he's like a religious figure. Like he's a totem. Yes. He's yeah. not a human. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I uh, it, it's hard. He's like Jesus Christ. It, it, more, it, it's you know, hard for me to watch this and understand now. how in 1994 they found this like so impactful and so significant because I just, I just frankly don't get it. And maybe it's just like, you know, the innocence of the nineties um, and a lot of the kind of, cause there's a lot of like triteness that happens. It, it's so trite. It's so tricky. It's, it's platitudes. It's mm-hmm. empty platitudes. There is platitude after platitude. The oh my God. The only thing this movie takes a stand on in any way is just that like segregation was wrong and like, you shouldn't be racist and like, great. <laughs> That's no about doubt. it. That is so true. No doubt. I totally but, like, agree. That is not, like that is just, that can't be your take. That's just stolen valor. Like, that's just <laughs> easy to say. Like, mm-hmm. like Tom Hanks isn't even like really aware. Like, he does. He literally doesn't see color. Like he Forrest li- doesn't. Yeah, see he color. Literally, he's not you know? like a, he doesn't aware say of that, race. But like, no. he doesn't. No, not know. at all. So it's like it, there, there's no uh, like real like there's no. I mean, he, I get the, the, the one where he's like, "I'm sorry, I broke up your Black Panther party." Like he doesn't like, understand what a black. He thinks they're having a party themed like Black Panther. This is just he like Rick Tamlin in yeah, an Anchorman exactly. sort of he level. He doesn't know that they have any racial grievance. No, he's just like no comprehension. So it's like, wh- why? Like why? What is the message here? I mean, we just we know what the message is, but I don't like what it is because it is boring and it sucks. Yeah, it's. It's throwing up your hands. This movie is a whole, whole sort of just like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Just go through life and try, try hard, try super hard and be good. Whatever that means, you should do that. Fight communism, uh, shake the president's hand. Three times. Three times. And the motion capture mouths uh, that are included in that, which, by the way, got rave reviews from Siskel and Ebert. Uh, yeah, and, and honestly, and, and I mean, many like, critics. There they were, were like, a couple of them that so, I'm like, I'm like, that's like, and when I saw the first one, I was like, yeah, cool idea. But then they keep doing it over and over well, and over again. You would you would be enchanted by that in the they talk about like the, in the civil they were they're like, oh, how does he? There's this scene where Jenny and uh, Forrest run to meet each other in their fre- reflecting pool. Yeah. In Washington D.C. and people are like, wow, how did they get that shot? Because like they clearly didn't shut it down. So they're they're like they're enchanted by the idea that you would CGI yeah that shot and stage it yes and that it would look like that and it's just like now you look at it and you're like yeah every movie. Ever, it, movie does magic. a CGI landscape like it's not yeah. interesting but in 1984 people are like wow you wow, know amazing like, well cool, I mean and I, know? I, but you know I think that my complaint can still be legitimate because I don't think that those scenes serve anything like, especially don't. like the, the, the footage ones like the one on, at like the mall like that has impact to the story but like meeting Nixon and like in meeting JFK and meeting LBJ mm-hmm. and it's like it's and just Elvis. like and and Let's let's come back to the Elvis stuff in just one second. But just like having so many of the, I'm like this doesn't do anything. You're just adding more runtime to this bloated movie. Oh well, yeah, we should say every single scene is two to five minutes too long. Like it's after the point, it's like painful. Batman, like in the new Batman, where it's just like yeah. once you've established the function of the scene, then the scene just continues for two minutes longer than it has to. It's just like no, 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 no. Whatever you were trying to accomplish with this scene, you've accomplished it. I got you it. You can end the scene now, you, but you it can go. never ends. It never ends. It never ends. Yeah, and it's like, it, the movie could easily be shorter and also way less annoying. However, 
this goes back to like a lot of stuff with the narrative like it's it doesn't trust the audience to get anything and so it's like all right like i'm going to explain it to you and then i'm going to show it to you and then i'm going to show that same scene to you like for five more minutes just to so you can really understand really understand what we're trying to tell you which is question mark like which is question mark yeah. I mean, and actually, this is a great segue back into Elvis, mm-hmm. which is question mark. Why does was, he meet Elvis? Why is Elvis teaching him how to do the dance moves in his room? And yeah. they also do like a, a slow reveal that it's only like, conceal his, his face for a yeah. while. And then he's like in the background kind of fuzz. And it's like, oh, shit. It's, it's one really of the Elvis. first like historical personages. He meets. Yeah. And it's just, oh, my, like, wh- why? <laughs> what I did guess this just do? Like, give the sense of randomness and serendipity. Uh, and also be like, hey, remember that this is the 50s? Now, if it was George Lucas doing it, <laughs> I would like it. Because he lo- he, I love his serendipity. Mm, it's like poetry, it rhymes. It's like poetry, it rhymes. But in this, it's like it's like if you rhymed every poem, like if you were just like, I went to the place and saw a flower, and there was a flower, and <laughs> I s- picked the flower, and I smelled the flower. Like every, like that's the, like their rhyme is just the same rhyme it's like, over no. and over. It, it, I mean, literally, there are scenes that, like, Zemeckis does, like, shot for shot of an earlier scene. But, like, yeah. why? Like, it's not run, giving forest, me any... Run, for us, run. It's sometimes, like, the exact same, like... like sweeping score. Uh, the, uh, the, the sweeping score is there. Like, it's often, like, the same blocking that's going on. Yeah. And it's just, like, oh, my God. We get it. Uh, we get it. We, and what do we, we get? get that, that, that things are serendipitous and also random. And sometimes that's to the good and sometimes that's to the bad. Cool. Yeah, and it's like, okay. Okay, cool story. However, Uh, you know, I think, and we talked about this towards the beginning of the movie, but, like, the fact that, because no no doubt, like, Forrest Gump was pretty influential, and we've seen over the years so many parodies and spoofs, and it's, I mean, like... beat Pulp Fiction for Best Picture, not that it matters, but it's just interesting. Uh, But even, like, especially, like, the Vietnam stuff, all I could think about that whole time was Tropic Thunder. I was like, Tropic Thunder does this, and... Much of (laughs) Tropic Thunder is in response to It's like this, Platoon, Saving Private Ryan, like, stuff like that, and it's like... All right, like that—that's not this movie's fault, but it is something that hampers my enjoyment. Well, it—it it fits into the type of movie that I think was getting made a lot in the '90s, like another Tom Hanks movie, like Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Castaway is 2000, but that basically counts. Sure. Uh, I'm just trying to think of other like sort of historical movies of the time. Like, oh. I mean, Platoon I think is also '90s. Yeah. Um, where it's just kind of like a half reckoning. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're very interested in like the telling the sort of like warts and all people's history of the United States of America, but like but not really. But we can't like get that into it. And granted, now like we're living in a time where like we really want to get into it, and mm-hmm. that can be like just as sort of creatively unfulfilling and yeah. exhausting. But like this is, it's shallow. It's incredibly shallow. It's yeah. I mean, it, it's it's what you see is what you get, and. Yeah. And let me tell you, in this movie, you're not seeing much because it's, it's lit poorly so, lit, it's folks. Lit so horribly. It is not well lit. We were like, "Is this the TV?" Like, it's just I, uh, no. It's just black how it skin looks. is not is is completely mm. washed out in the it's film. Bad. It's of the era where white directors and DPs did not know how to shoot black skin or care. They or didn't know care. Yeah, they're like whatever. It's fine. Uh, maybe they still don't. Um, but it it is just 
dim. It it's is. a dim film. And they're like, towards the beginning, we're like, oh, like it must be like a rainy day. Yeah, we were like, oh, it's, a, it's overcast. <laughs> like there's gonna be like maybe it's gonna start to rain later, and it's just like no, it's no, not that's even. The whole movie. It's not. It's just. It's just as if it was overcast every day of shooting. Yeah. Um. It's not. Yeah, it doesn't look that good, folks. Yeah, I mean, I think that this movie like fails not only on like a creative level, but also like on a on, like technical level. Like, I just when shots are composed, they're all it's like so many crane shots, so many dolly shots. Like we're and getting but that goes like towards to like sweep, the, sweep, the, the, sweep. the bombastic nature of everything it. Just, like, has holy to sweep shit. down from a crane and, yeah. and like you know mid, medium sweeps, but always sweeps. Always, Do you know what I mean? Always sweeps, man. Uh, the Vista shots as he's Vista, running. It's like, oh, yeah, it wants to be epic. I mean, it's two hours and 20 minutes long. It's you know, so it, long. I mean, also, you know, people make fun of uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King for having too many endings. This had like yeah. five endings. This movie could have like, ended eight stop. times. You could have stopped the movie there. I would have been just as fulfilled. Stop the movie. Stop I, doing the movie. I would like to get just like to finish up a thought. On, yeah, let's finish up uh, a thought. With the psychology of the Jenny stuff. Yeah. Um, because it is sort of like the main movie's actual, like where it puts its marbles in. Mm-hmm. Because what it's sort of saying about history is that just like you shouldn't worry even too much about it. We're adrift in the tide of history. Mm-hmm. And, but what we're not is, the, so the only choice we should make is for love. You know, what yeah. we're, we're not morally adrift. Mm-hmm. Because Forrest isn't. No. All Forrest wants to do is have a chaste, committed love with Jenny who mm-hmm. doesn't want to have it with him. Why did, God, girls always choose j- dorky asshole jocks. They always choose um, the chads. They always choose the chads who are getting them into heroin. Getting them into heroin uh, who are She almost them throws herself eyes. out of a hotel to Freebird in one of the most frenetic <laughs> oh my scenes God. of the film. Uh, yeah, honestly. Which actually was kind of effective for me. Except for she was doing heroin, so like I felt like the speed and intensity of the song was at odds <laughs> like, with like, no, the not like she this. was on, but okay. Um, and also, you know, not for nothing, but Robin Wright looks really beautiful for... She's radiant. Movie, so. in this she's film. radiant. Um, so you know, it's it's tough, you know, for me because uh, I she's radiant. And I love looking at her, and I love Robin Wright. But I don't give a fuck about Jenny. And every time that Forrest starts, it's just like I because it's always back to Jenny. I it's always back to Jenny. And like Jenny. there were there were blissful moments where I forgot him. about Jenny because she shouldn't want to stay with him because it would be illegal for them because this is just not to be in love because of his intellectual disability, and then she has <sighs> sex with him. Not clear whether he understands what's happening. What that and even is, is impregnated with, with his baby, and then doesn't tell him about it. And then doesn't tell. <laughs> and he, she's always telling him not to save her from the jerk guys she hangs like, out around. Stop trying to you gotta save stop doing to this. He's always me. trying to do it, and he's like, "I'm just trying. I just know that people shouldn't be treating you like that." And he's so yeah. hit from the mouth of babes. Uh, wisdom <laughs> falls, and she can't. Truly, she can't. She see can't it. accept it. Until yeah, finally, she truly. does, and she does marry him. Yeah. And she has his baby mm-hmm. and then she dies of AIDS because she's a fallen woman. Yeah. Even though she, she is a whore, but she has a heart of gold. But you know, she got what she deserved. You know, she, she, she earned that. She fucking deserved Versus, you know, Forrest never did nothing Forrest. like that. Yeah, he never did nothing like that. Except for kill uh, people in Vietnam. I don't, I don't actually think it shows him no, killing anyone. He never, but he went there. He didn't sure question. went there. Yeah. Um, he, he went there because the military's bad, but also Forrest everyone else is bad. is always making the most moral choice, mm-hmm. except for when... He gets tricked into going into the... He gets tricked into not doing it, into making like a... He can't make a complex moral choice. He can't be like, I shouldn't kill... I don't think... You know, I shouldn't enlist in the military because 
of like these larger geopolitical things at play. Right. No. And not to be like a lazy, give like a lazy Marxist analysis of the film because I don't really have one. But but there at no point is he, he's not. He doesn't grow up poor. Like no, he his mom very does wealthy. sex work to get him into the But only school, because, not but, because of money. Yeah, not because of money, just because she has to get him in there because they have a house. Yeah. And at no point, home. and he, Forrest just constantly falls into money. Yeah. Like just through, you know, basically prosperity gospel, divine yeah. providence. He's never wanting for anything. He like happened to I- invest in Apple, in a, right. in a fruit company. The suffering is never material. No. It is always a spiritual suffering, essentially, mm-hmm. like innocence and. Actually, and I, I would I would like to, to challenge you to to point to one instance in this movie where Forrest is suffering, aside from when he's talking to Jenny's grave at the end. Yeah, I mean he's like really. I mean he gets like shot in the butt. Like even when he's shot, he like barely registers. He's like, he's like something he's bit me. He's like yeah. He's like something bit me, and and he can still carry everyone out of a war zone. You know, like, yeah. He's not at any point terrified. You know, no. like he's getting shot at in Vietnam, but he's just like, oh, like, uh, like oh man, I better go that back and get my friends. Yeah, you know, better like, run he's back not, and forth. He's not at any point in like what? excruciating psychic pain because like, it what doesn't seem like he's capable of experiencing it. Yeah, 100%. and therefore he's not human to us, really. Yeah, he's, he's just, just like an prop. avatar of yeah. virtue. So I, I that actually is non-political. Speaking of of, of Vietnam, uh, what do you make of of Lieutenant Dan? Well, because Lieutenant Dan suffers, he like loses his legs. He's played by Gary Sinise, who's giving an intense performance because it's written intensely. And he is kind of on the, uh, it's it's random, it's not Destiny track, because they set up, you know, right. he's had ancestors who've died. All of his, his male ancestors have died in a war, like on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And but then Forrest happens to save him, and he has a lot of anger about yeah, he's that. he's like, you should have let me die, but, that was my destiny. But to be clear, he's angry about not dying in the war. There's never a... Uh, you know what? And like the military, like there's no, there's no yeah. opinion about that whatsoever. No, there's no opinion about it. He's not resentful of. No, he's that. just like, I wish I had died yeah, on he, the field. He was just like, yeah, I wish I could have given my he's life to like, my country. He's never like, oh, like there's that's not enough, there's not enough like support for veterans. Like th- yeah. that's never brought up. Yeah. Is, there's not even a, any really particular sense of survivor's guilt. It's more of like a, I'm mad about destiny. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, Which be- is just like, Okay. okay like again it's just like it's just kind of facile and yeah. weak like i'm not okay. sure i'm not drawn in by anything emotionally like but the movie wants me to be because it, it there's so many tearjerker set pieces and i'm mm-hmm. sure people watch this and sobbed i'm you may have yeah uh, but not at I. a different time but not us that was a different time yeah this yeah um and it, I think just a, a feeling that we felt a lot during this was just like, this doesn't work now. It doesn't work, but you know, I think I, I still do like a melodrama. It's one of the hardest genres to execute, but like this mm. guy helped write A Star is Born, a movie that despite some flaws, I quite like, <laughs> you know? Um, another melodrama of the time was, uh, I mean... I think Saving Private Ryan. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'd have to rewatch it, but yeah. I found that more compelling. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the Spielberg ones. Uh, Spielberg. Spielberg's tough, though. He is. He's kind of all I'd over the place. I'd be interested to like rewatch something like Schindler's List and see if I wasn't just completely repulsed by it. Now. Yeah. Um, I might be. 
because I was repulsed by this. It was just, I, I guess it, what I just want to make clear that like, I'm not anti-melodrama. Like I'm not anti-cringe. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. p- ripping your heart out, your beating heart out, you know, and literal bleeding heart and yeah. showing it to me. Like, I think that's cool if, you know, you go all in, but like, I just think that. This is just like so tepid in it's just all not of it. Yeah, and so it's like I can't, I can't possibly feel feelings for something like this. It just doesn't. It feels totally hollow and empty. I mean, Coda we talked about like that's a yeah. melodrama that like I was affected by, even though I felt like I was being manipulated. But yeah. like, I just felt like I was being manipulated poorly by Forrest Gump. Yeah, you know, just like it's like I, I see what you're see what you're trying to do. I see what do. you're trying to do, and you're it's not going and, over. Yeah, and you're you not know? you're not nailing it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm. This is this movie's not good. Do you think you would like this? Would have liked this movie if you saw it when you were like ten or twelve, though? I'm sure that if I saw it when I was ten, I probably would have thought that it was like inspired. Yeah, I, th- I think I would have thought it was a masterpiece. Yes. Um, because I would be fucking. I mean, 10 I remember thinking old. about that about Shawshank Redemption, which may or may not be. I don't know. I haven't seen it in since yeah. I was a kid. But I like, was actually reading that uh, yeah. there's been some like 21st century retrospective on on the film, and like, uh, like there was like some members of the Academy that they spoke to, and they're like. Like, do you think that it should have really gone to Forrest Gump? And a number of them were like, no, we really should have actually given it to Shawshank. So right. they were, you know, neck and neck. I, I, I bet you if we were to rewatch Shawshank now, we would snicker at parts of it. But yeah. we would also be, we would probably cry in the parts we're supposed to cry. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like for me, and like cringe in the places we cringe, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, but I can't say either thing happened with Forrest Gump, I was just cringing the whole time. I was just cringing the whole... And I was cringing the whole time. And I was bored. And I was waiting for it to be over. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, like, you know, again, like, this has nothing to do with the performances. This just is... 94. It's very 94. And it doesn't... It's a victim of its... It just has no impact. And I think that, like, the only reason that people still remember it fondly is because no one's rewatching this movie. No one's rewatching it... Maybe, yeah. Not not since people stopped watching this movie after nine eleven happened. I think because it could no longer tolerate I know that it's kind like, of sickly sweet. It's such like a fucking like joke meme like hack thing to say like nine eleven. You know, yeah, but like made 9/11. this possible. But unfortunately, like it's, it's sometimes kind of true. Like when we say nine eleven happened, and then that's what killed this sort of sentiment in art. We, I don't think we mean, like, actually 9-11 happened. What we mean is, like, there was a general new wave of cynicism mm-hmm. on one hand. Mm-hmm. And... Like fear. Anti... I guess, like, anti-good vibes that happened. Yeah. You know, like, I think that Well, because people, after, after that, you know, they were literally... They were beating the drums of war. Yeah, like, liberals would... Like, leftists now find this movie, like, you know, centrist and, like, lame and just, like, a cop-out. Yeah. And, like you know, treacly. And then I think right wing people would be like, it's pussy. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's, you it's, know, not, weak. it's not, Ura it's not, like, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like, who gives a shit? This is gay. You yeah. know? Like, yeah. however, I mean, this is probably, and this is something that we've brought up in a few of our other commentaries. We're always thinking about what's a libertarian movie. Yeah. And this might kind of be a libertarian movie. I bet, I bet you a lot of Trump guy people like this movie yes because it's totally. a pl- they're probably there's they want to and they're like movies shouldn't be so political now they're well, thinking because, of stuff but, like this but that's also people who like they themselves like cannot detect or refuse to acknowledge systemic oppression systemic racism and like that's right. also something that this movie is like mm, like 
know. I don't know so much about that. He's like, yeah, like, he's right. Forrest is so right. Like, they're cheering this on. They think this is cool. And here's, to be very clear, like, I'm not saying if they had addressed those things, this would be a better movie. No. I don't know that it would be. I think it might even be worse. Because Because I don't trust them to think about those issues. But what I am saying is, like, well, then, if... If, if that's a big, you know, cipher, then then the melodrama at least has to pack a fucking punch. Like, yeah. I at least want to feel that, like, that's going in a direction that makes sense. And, and, I, just, and I don't. I don't feel like it was well executed. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, yeah. I'm just going to be a grump about it. Like, I was not, it was not hitting. No, no. This was, this is pretty mid. Mid. It is, it, it, but it was the, it was the king of the middle brow films and it's a Fucking king nuts. mid film. Yeah. Yeah. Quintessential I, mid film of the nineties. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is like a real, this is, this is a real stinker. This is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, but it's not offensive in any way. N- it's just it, a big it, it, it fat could not zero. Possibly be offensive. Yeah. It's not like annoying, like green book where it's just like, Oh, there's like a way. And it's, it's not preachy guy learning about race. It's not preachy. Yeah. It's like, it's none of those things. It's just, empty it's just it's so hollow this is a movie with a head as empty as its main characters <laughs> get them get their asses tear them up head empty no thoughts at all <laughs> no thoughts at all um yeah so so dr movies would you recommend this film no yeah don't bother don't bother Rewatching watching it read an essay on it listen to this podcast on it and shut the door yeah watch something else Anything we watched up? wrestling no. before we this, wrestling so before I mean, watch wrestling instead of the, yeah. the wrestling match was so much better. So lots of existential drama, yeah, happening in yeah. that. None in this. None, zero, zilch. Yeah, Mick Foley really, you know, gave a better match than Forrest Gump could give a movie. Damn right. Damn right. And that happened every time. He every time. every time he laced up the goddamn boots, he <laughs> taught us something about ourselves. <laughs> All right. And that, um, that's all we've got. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste. See you next time. <laughs>